Welcome to another week of Don't Forget Your Position. This week we'll be speaking about a number of different sports. We'll be speaking about the Williams ownership, how the Williams family is now stepping away from the team. We'll be speaking about the AFL Grand Final moving interstate for the first time ever going to Queensland. And also we'll be discussing Brazil women's national team and how they are now going to be paid the same amount as the men's team. So Claire Williams is stepping down as team principal of Williams F1, which is a team which has been around in her family for 43 years. It's a very historic team for Formula One, and they've had you know some really su- successful um, periods of time, especially in the 80s and 90s. But over the last couple of years, it's been sad to see them, you know, coming last and struggling to get points. I, I actually don't think they'll get a point this season. But we saw five years ago, you know, they, they came third in the Constructors' Championship a couple of times there, and they were really fighting for podiums and wins and these sort of things. But, you know, you know, since really the, the mid-'90s, I haven't really been the team that, you know, they were – that they that they can be. Um, they used to attract names like – and Senna, Alan Prost, Damon Hill, uh, Nelson Piquet, and even our own Mark Webber was there for a couple of years. I remember when I was young, um, there, there was a, a big following of Williams because of, you know, mainly Mark Webber. But every time the, the Grand Prix would come around here at Albert Park, you would you would see a lot of hats, you know, saying Williams or Parallel saying Williams, um, you know, these sort of things. And even after, even, you know, early 2010s, we saw that too here in Melbourne. Um, but, you know, lately we haven't, to be honest. The last few years that I've gone, um, I go over here and, and I don't really see too many Williams supporters, um, which is sad to see. Knowing they have a really uh, strong, loyal fan base in the UK, um, I don't know if, you know, apart from those passionate supporters, I don't know how they're going to leverage their brand, you know, with this whole takeover, if their performance on the racetrack is is going to continue being you know, as it is at the moment, you got Mercedes with Lewis Hamilton. You got a German car really taking away English fans from you know Williams because of Lewis Hamilton is doing so well, and now that George Russell is still with Williams, I, you know I really think he will go to to Mercedes in a few years when Hamilton you know retires or leaves Mercedes. So that's just gonna you know hurt that team as well. We hurt Williams's you know British identity as they move to North America. Uh, and you got McLaren, you know, which is McLaren are actually getting back up there, which is really good to see. But, you know, they're a massive team in England. And I don't know who in England's going to support Williams when they've got McLaren doing so well. And you got Lando Norris being the character that he is, bringing that sort of energy to the team, especially on social media. I don't know if, if Williams can really compete with him in, in their local market. And obviously, Racing Point is now going to be called Aston Martin next year. So that's just. Um, Obviously, another English team, English um, car. Uh, I'm not a massive James Bond fan, um, but if I was a massive James Bond fan and if I didn't really like Formula 1 that much, I would still purchase, you know, apparel, Aston Martin, Formula 1 racing. So that that in itself is, is big for that um, for that team, and that's going to take away a lot from Williams, especially in England once again. Um, you know, the budget at the moment, from what I from what I hear from my research, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the budget usually 
for a Formula One team, about half of it goes to the engine. And with Williams's performance is not doing so well, having these sort of engine problems um, and and pace issues that you can just kind of see that they don't really have the funds like the other teams. But then again, they have been bought out by a US investment company, Doralton Capital. Um, I haven't heard of them, but they sound like a big American company that you always uh, see taking over sporting organizations and uh, multinational corporations from all over the world. So let's hope that they can help them out. Next year, the the rules, um, the change to the rules, um, the budgeting rules aren't going to come into place for Formula One because of COVID and all that. So it's going to be um, extended out to 2022. That's when we are really going to see those rules coming into place. Um, and that's going to make it a bit more even throughout the pack. Um, you know, mainly the, the back and the middle of the grid are going to get a bit more competitive from what I hear. So, but but next year that's not going to happen. It's going to be the same kind of story. So, next year I think is an important year for Williams as they transition from um, this, you know, storied family-owned English team to this American new um, racing car team, whatever they're going to call it. I hope they don't change the identity of Williams. They say they have that they're not going to. Um, but who knows? Is their brand strategy going to? Americanize the the team. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if that's the best the best approach, but I honestly think that there is an opportunity for a bit of a market development strategy here with Williams. I think they can, you know, use this new geographical market um, and, and customer segments that they do have um, now that as they move to North America and and you know are associated with that um, with that company in the states. Maybe they work with NASCAR fans and Indy IndyCar fans. Um, you know, there are a lot of rev heads in America. You know, they can micro-target these people. Um, you know, they might not be the, you know, the best, uh, most passionate Formula 1 fans. They might not like the sport as much, but at least it's, it's car racing for them and there's an opportunity there to really, um, you know, just work with them. Just how the just like how the F1 um, Grand Prix Corporation in, in Australia kind of get the V8s involved and, all these sort of things, the celebrity racing that happens at on Grand Prix weekend, it, it kind of brings all car fans together. And if you go there, you can see all these old-fashioned cars and you can speak to people that, you know, collect these sort of um, old cars like Bentleys and um, all these really cool old, you know, Aston Martin-type James Bond kind of cars. You see them, the hot rods, they're always there. And even if the people there that own these cars and are involved in the event aren't actually Formula 1 fans throughout the year, they're always there. So America can do... I know that they do something a bit similar at the moment with their Grand Prix, but this is another opportunity for Williams. I'm, I'm talking about for Williams in particular to kind of win um, a bit of a fan base, you know, over there in the States. They've got Team Haas um, over there too, so maybe there's a bit of a rivalry to to come out of it. But saying all this, I don't think that they should lose their identity um, entirely, you know, in, in terms of being from England and having that family-orientated kind of, um, being a big part of Formula One for all these years, I don't want them to just diminish their brand just like that. I would, I would hate to see that, even if they do turn it around on on the track and, and start winning. But you know, I think that will take time in itself, um, so that they really have uh, in an uphill battle in terms of a brand strategy until they can get those sort of performances. But it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it, um, how to, how to win their fan, um, to win over their fan, their new fans in America and these sort of new places, but also keep their passionate fans in England, you know, happy and content with this with this change in ownership, with these new whoever the new team principal might be and what kind of drivers they may get, you know, in the 
in the cars the next few years. I want to keep, you know, the, the loyal fans happy at the same time and not really tarnish the name, the Williams name, which is, um, and which is a very big name in Formula One. So the AFL Grand Final is moving interstate this year for the first time ever. It's going to be held at the Gabba, I'm pleased to say, for my Queensland listeners and viewers. Um, so, yeah, obviously it's the first time ever that it's not going to be held in Victoria. But, you know, hey, us Victorians, at least we get a – we still get that public holiday on the 23rd of October. It's a Friday and it's – I think they're going to call it Thank You Day, although they're unofficially calling it a Thank You Day. Um well, the government is is calling that anyway for the time being, um, but it will be the grand final weekend still in Victoria, so that's that's something. But you know, the question comes up: Was it the correct decision? Um, personally, um, I don't want to you know cause any um, angry listeners or anything. But my honest opinion: I think Perth or Adelaide should have got it. I think Perth's new stadium. I haven't been there, but it looks amazing, and I think they really deserve to have. To have something, um, you know, just for being such a a great um, ambassador for for the game of Aussie rules in Australia. You know, both those cities, Perth and Adelaide, obviously, you know, Queensland, New South Wales are more focused on rugby league, but they have been coming around to the game in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. I know since I have been, um, since I was a kid, it, it was, wasn't as big there because I, I did go to Sydney and, and Gold Coast a few times, but now seeing the but both states have two teams and, you know, the kind of stuff that they're putting into their teams and their AFL communities over there and their state leagues, you can really see that they have in, in involved a lot more um, grassroots level, you know, teams in AFL. And, you know, this is something big for, for Queensland AFL anyway, but, you know, personally I would have kind of liked to see it at the new Perth Stadium, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe they'll get something um in the next few years something big obviously we'll probably go back to melbourne next year and i know they got that contract until 2056 or seven or something like that but yeah it's look for, for brisbane it's big for the gabber it's it's massive um how to incorporate you know the passion from victorians you know how to keep the victorians happy at least during grand final weekend because it's a very big event you know for people outside of victoria if you have if you don't know you know grand final day no matter who's playing it's massive here that weekend, uh, the whole week is 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 pretty big, um, no matter what's going on. So, um, yeah, that's that's something that the government, I think, they're trying to do with this whole thank you day um, naming of of the public holiday. I think they're trying to really say to us, you know, oh, we haven't forgotten about you guys. We'll still make it as as big as it you know can be, you know, under these circumstances. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they do that. Um, but how how big is it going to be for Brisbane and and Queensland? You know, we know that it's it's an opportunity for the Queensland market. Um, it's going to be an historic match. They can market it like that. Um, the whole event leading up to it um, in Queensland, they probably aren't really aware that it's a whole kind of week sort of, you know, event. But I think it will be nice for the AFL to put on a, a spectacle throughout the week in Brisbane just so they can get around a little bit more and and kind of feel the the buzz and, and, and the passion for the, for the week and the game that, you know, we usually feel here in Victoria and, and – South Australian, Western Australia, um, you know, every year, just they can experience that whilst they host this match. You know, regardless of if Brisbane make it, I know Gold Coast can't make it this year, but, you know, regardless of it's if Brisbane can actually make the grand final, it, sh- it sh- should still be ma- um, really massive. 
they should focus on they should focus on the game um and how it's developed in queensland that's what the week should be about you know um that's what they should focus on rather than showing it like it's victoria's pastime and we're just coming up there they should really you know let, let the people know that we're we've got this game um taking place on the saturday um sunday i think they'll keep it on saturday at least um but we you know we're we're here to put on this game for you but we also want to show, you know thank you for kind of you know embracing our game a little bit more in the last couple of decades and really leverage the um the evolution of you know australia's game you know how it's a whole country um it's, it's a game for the whole country not just certain states so i think they should leverage that and say like you know you guys are you know embracing it and you come and it, it, we're a family you know all the states you know it sounds a bit tacky and cheesy but we all love this game and we're all kind of we'll play we'll go to our teams and and now you're hosting it so you're definitely a part of this as much as us now um and, and really use that that whole concept of adaptability and how you know the you know the, the city of brisbane or the state of queensland and even new south wales it's big enough for for rugby league and rugby union and afl you know um not just kind of be like hey we're here you know we'll have the game and we'll pack up and leave you know it's, it's big enough you guys can like AFL. you guys can go to the matches and you can support your league and, and union um super rugby teams um i think that should be a, a celebration of sport uh like the super bowl like the the world cup final in feet uh in football in soccer so or, or the olympics should be a, a celebration um uh you know and and something which they can all get around even if they're not that passionate about up there in brisbane um and 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 don't try to prove you know to the fans that we're going to take over you know what i mean you know we understand that rugby is the the number one you know sport up there but it's, it's something different and, and you know get around it get amongst with all the the celebrations for this week and and you know it's all about you know um it's all about change for for the better you know and, and trying to um, get more people involved in the sport so it's a real big opportunity even though i thought it was going to go to perth or adelaide this you know it, it's still there's still positives come out of it you know out of home uh, marketing and digital and traditional all these um all these campaigns they should all incorporate the same message you know like i said earlier it shouldn't be a threat to the current la- uh, sporting lands la- landscape in brisbane um not a takeover of you know the melburians are coming and we're gonna you know just use your city to play this game well, you know it should be you know we're all going to come together and have this game because we can't have it in melbourne but we're going to have it and we're going to show that it's australians that um it's a game for all of australia and and you know it's a, it's a thank you to you guys in brisbane as well for you know really getting around this opportunity and hosting this for the whole country rather than just we're going to play it and then you know you we don't care if you guys you know like it or not it doesn't matter we just want our money kind of thing it shouldn't be like that at all obviously they won't market it like that but they need to try to stay away from um indirectly um sending out that message through their marketing campaign and a big aspect of that will be you know showing that it's an embracement of the game up there um and i i think just a couple extra things that they can do make it an evening or night game you know since it's going to be different i know that i'm i'm going to maybe annoy pick some old school footy fans by suggesting this but you know since it's already a unique kind of event um keep it uh make it an evening ma- match or night match why not people going to remember this this game anyway you might make it a you know a final four setup like other leagues in the world um college basketball these sort of things have like a final four kind of obviously have the two prelims on on the week before and then have all teams there that week before the match and then the grand final parade for the two teams that make it to so have prelims and grand final in, the, in brisbane at the gabba 
um, because obviously they probably won't be able to travel to interstate anyway, but maybe just, yeah, kind of spread it out a little bit like that, just as a suggestion, um, and, and maybe have the Brownlow, again, this may um, not go down with some people, maybe have the Brownlow in the Gold Coast this year. Spread the joy a little bit, you know, Gold Coast is about a 50-minute drive from Brisbane or, or something like that, and, you know, have it there, um, make it its own event, um, and then everyone have a bit of a party, whatever, but if other players from Victoria can, can go up there by that, I don't think they can, though, to be honest, but at least the, the players there can go to Gold Coast for a day um, and then go back up to Brisbane for the grand final and focus on that. Um, and, and just be careful about the parade too, um, I would suggest. The, the worst thing that can come about that can come out of this is if there is another wave, you know, and, and you know, the, the locals up there will start blaming the AFL and the Victorians for spreading it up there. So the, that will probably have to um, depend on, you know, the – you know, what's happening at that time. So they probably can't, you know, have a massive parade like we have in Melbourne every year. But, yeah, something to think about. So moving on to uh, South America and more specifically Brazil, we have seen over the last few days that the Brazilian FA have announced that the women's national team is now going to be receiving the same amount of money as the men's national team which is great to see, um, you know, if you think about how passionate Brazilians are about football. I've been there firsthand and I've seen how crazy they are about the game. Men, women, um, people of all different ages, you know, wherever they live in, in Brazil, it doesn't matter. They all love football. So to see some of this happen over there is, is great. Um, you know, the Brazilian national um, FA, sorry, you know, hats off to them for responding to, you know, these sort of trends and, and the environment, the socially responsible kind of, issues and equality all these sort of things it's it's good to see that organizations like the brazilian fa are really taking these things into account and athletes have you know massive platforms where they can really you know use their voice to get things like this up and running we see that marta uh who's one of the best ever female football players you know she, she's probably she was probably the voice that started all this or, or was one of the main voices in all of this so it's good to see what an athlete's brand can can really do um for the sport and for the community not not just selling you know their their shoes and and their apparel but you know really help get these sort of things you know across the line as well um it's gonna earn respect for fifa um let's be honest you know fifa really need all the ounce um, every ounce of respect that they can get, you know, based on a couple of things that's happened over the last few decades. Uh, other nations, you know, will start to follow. We, we know that here in Australia, they do it um, recently. New Zealand have incorporated this as well. And Norway, I'd like to see America be the next, um, you know, to, to pay the women the same amount as the men's soccer team over there. Uh, we know there's been a lot of pressure on them, but you know, considering they they always win the World Cup, the women team that they they should really start to to think you know about doing this. Um, I know they have, but they I reckon they should be the next one to do it, and we'll have a domino, a positive domino effect, you know, into the men's uh, game as well. Um, the, the men FIFA governing body and, and different regions will we'll start to to see the positive outcomes for you know, from doing all this sort of thing. So it's good. Commercialization will improve for organizations that want to get involved with, you know, the Brazilian women's national team and, and any other women's national team that are being paid the same as men's. It will be nice to see 
um, all these different sponsors come on board because let's be honest, they're going to get some good PR out of it as well. Being associated with um, these national teams will give them a positive um, brand in, in the public. So that's that's something to, to come out of it in terms of commercialization. And, you know, the ability to target or retarget a new demographic of people that have looked down on the sport for not really uh for this thing not really happening in the past but now that it's happened it's, it's going to get a lot of people to really start to watch the game because they support this movement and so on and so, so forth um yeah and, and just naturally removing that that whole gender segmentation of the game is is good for the sport moving forward because we know how big the you know football is on a global scale and they need to keep that going keep that momentum going as they move their world cup into different regions and um and try new things with, with the game, you know, in terms of globalization, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, what's next? I don't think they should overmarket it, as in the Brazilian FA should really overmarket it, or FIFA should really um, brag about this sort of stuff. They should just, you know, state what's happened and, and confirm as these um, different teams start to pay the women the same as men, but they shouldn't really, you know, make it come off as a PR stunt or try to. <laughs> They, they should stay true to their t- decision and really try to build the game because it's the right thing to do rather than saying, hey, look, we're we're doing this and we're doing that for the community. Um, we're the good guys. No, it shouldn't be like that. It should just come naturally. They're fighting for equality throughout the world in a lot of different aspects of, of, of different things, so they shouldn't really try to leverage this to, to get more supporters, to get uh, more recognition. They should just... Do it for the ethical um, reasons and and leave leave everything else to to come on its own. Um, so yeah, we, we'll see how it goes and we'll see what what other nations follow. But I think you know it is a positive thing for all involved. And yeah, let's hope they continue to to implement this thing throughout the world of football and other sports. <laughs> Thank you for listening in this week. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Um, If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel on YouTube. I upload these videos there weekly as well. If you want to see my face, follow us on Twitter at DFYP Sports. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and even LinkedIn if you use that platform. And also subscribe to either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast app that you use to get these regular updates whenever a new episode is released. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.